Amen. That was good. Both those specials, wonderful. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you what, one thing that even made that even better was the fact that Sam didn't sing with him. Amen. That <laughs> was just, that, that you know, you, you got to count your blessings sometimes, and that, that, that definitely was a blessing. Amen. I don't think that uh, Elaine's folks and all always showed up if Sam was going to sing, but anyway, that's good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Oh, i got to pick on Sam every chance I get yeah, because he's always trying to do stuff to me. <clears throat> 1 John chapter 1. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. We're beginning actually tonight a new series on Sunday nights. Uh, and so we're going to be setting the groundwork for what we'll be dealing with in the weeks to come. And and I think it's a very important subject. I think it's something that uh, each of us, not just, you know, sometimes people say, well, that really don't apply to me. I, I believe this really applies to all of us in every way. And uh, we're beginning a series tonight that we've titled Learning to Hear God. Learning to Hear God. I feel that Christians plow through this life and never really, really listen to God. The sad part is, is that they think they're listening but they need to learn how to listen. And it's not just, okay, we're going to listen to God and go on because most of the time when you walk in here, sit down this, in this auditorium, and I'm not saying you're saying I'm God, but you, you think that you're listening to God. Not, not me speaking, but from the Word of God. And that's not necessarily always so. We've got to learn to listen to the Lord. And I think it's a, a, an important subject, and we're going to begin tonight, like I said, mostly laying some groundwork and make a little challenge before we get into the series, and I think it is important. Look with me, if you would, in verse 3. It says, That which we have heard, or I'm sorry, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. So if you look back in verse 3, it says, That which we have seen and noticed and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Like preach a message I've titled tonight, The Importance of Hearing God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening, Lord, as we try to lace a little bit of groundwork, Lord, for future messages, Lord. But tonight, Lord, I pray that you would challenge us, Lord, in something that's very important in the days ahead as we look at this and challenge our hearts and lives. Lord, there, there's such a need for your people to hear you. There's such a need for people to be listening. And Lord, I pray that you would teach us. May we learn to listen to God. Have your will and way. Lord, we thank you for the specials tonight, the 
the songs by, on, the, on the violins, and Lord, what a blessing, and Lord, when we think about the, what the message that was echoed out, Lord, from those. Lord, we think about how that you, even through the strings, Lord, that the voice of God speaks. We thank you, Lord, as we've seen these kids and heard them sing the songs about, about Jesus. Lord, that's what, that's what our lives should be about. It should be about Jesus Christ. And Lord, to see kids coming up, Lord, and learning, Lord, that it's Jesus Christ. And it's about Him, and our lives is about Him. I pray that we would be challenged, Lord, to live that way, not just at Christmas time, but every day as we go forward. Thank you for loving us. Bless now the preaching of thy word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. Our Heavenly Father wants fellowship with with you and me. He wants to commune. He wants to communicate with us in a true fellowship of love and, and enjoyment with each other. I don't think that a lot of Christians stop and realize that, that he wants that fellowship. He wants that closeness. He, it's more than just, okay, I'm going to get you together and I'm going to give you a few rules that you got to follow and a few things that I want you to do. But in true reality, if you look at Scripture and you begin to see what the Lord's plan is for your life and for my life, God is, has a desire to come together and commune in fellowship so that we might know Him and that we might begin to enjoy Him and enjoy that time together and enjoy uh, the, His presence in our lives and, and, and just the, the fact that He's there as we preach this morning, Emmanuel, and that uh, it's God with us. And it's so needful that we realize that, that He wants that fellowship. And we notice there that He talks about that fellowship. He says that you... Also may have fellowship, he says, first of all, he declared unto you that you may also have fellowship with us, talking about one another, but truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. The true fellowship is with God. He wants you and I not, not just to read about it. Many Christians, all they do is they read about something. God's desire for you and I is to experience that relationship and that fellowship with Him. But a very important ingredient to that relationship is found in Hearing God. You must hear Him in order to have fellowship with Him. Fellowship with God is impossible if we cannot hear Him as well as talk with Him. And I feel today that many Christians, one of the problems in their lives that seems to dry and seems like they're not stirred and not enjoying the Christian life is because they're not listening to God. They don't hear God. They're not having that fellowship with the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 1 and verse, verse 9, he says, God is faithful by whom... Uh, you were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We have been called. It's not just a suggestion, but you and I have been called unto fellowship. It's like this, uh, uh, um, maybe here at Christmas, I don't know, maybe uh, beforehand, I don't know what your routines is, but generally we have, you know, we have the uh, Christmas there at home and we try to work it out so that and now, you know, it used to be all the kids were there and we already had a plan. Okay, this is the way it's going to work. We're going to have our Christmas uh, Christmas morn, then we'll be going, when we lived in Piedmont, we go to my mom and dad's because they live there, and then we leave there uh, that afternoon, we'd go to Janine's mom and dad on Christmas evening, and we'd spend, and we'd have Christmas there, and it was, it was all planned out. Now it's a little bit different. Our kids are grown. Uh, they got families of their own, and so now you got to work the logistics of it. Now you got to begin to work like a truck driver, uh, that, or the transportation department that's trying to direct all the trucks everywhere, amen, and get them in the right places so that they'll be there at the right time. And so you got to get on the phone and you got to call or talk to them somehow and say, hey, 
when can you be here? And they say, well, I can, we can be there such and such time. Then you got to call this other, other uh, set of, of, of children and say, okay, so-and-so's going to say they can be here then. And when can you be here? Well, we can't do that. Okay, when can you be here then? Well, we can, we can do this, do that. Okay, and then you get back on the phone, you call the other one back, say, well, they said they couldn't do that, but they could do this. Can that, will that work for you? Yeah, that'll work for us. So then you got to call the third child. And say, listen, this one and this one says they can be here at this specific time. Can you be here? Oh, there's just no possible way. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And you have to finally come to, to the point sometimes you've got to say, listen, we're going to have it Christmas at this time. You all be here if you want. If not, we're throwing your gifts outside. <laughs> the fact is, is that God has commanded us that he wants that fellowship with us and he's trying to draw us to him. We're called into that fellowship. But if we don't hear that call, if we're not listening, and I feel that a lot of Christians aren't listening. They're not listening. And yet he's calling and he's saying, I, I want to have fellowship with you. I'm trying to get this worked out so that we have fellowship. If we don't listen to that call, neither will we have that fellowship with him. Well, first of all, the Scripture has an ultimate purpose in your life and my life. And you say, well, preacher, I know that. But I want, I want to explain something to you about the Scripture that sometimes I think we miss. And the psalmist said in Psalms 119 and 105, says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Otherwise, it gives us direction. We know that. We understand that. It gives us direction to the true fellowship with the Lord. We're talking about fellowship, and it will give us direction how to have that fellowship with the Lord. It also is to correct our steps that we might stay on the path of fellowship with the Lord. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Otherwise, the word of God chastises us at times and corrects us and puts us where we need to be so that we can have that fellowship with God. You see, you're not going to just come to God in fellowship any old way. And that... Let me hit that for a second, okay? Boy, when they run by, you grab them. If you don't, you never get them again. The fact is that we're living day and time when a lot of churches think they can have fellowship with God any old way. It don't work that way, folks. God's not changing for nobody. A lot of times we think, oh, we can, we can live this way, we can do that, and we can have fellowship with God. No, God doesn't work that way. You have fellowship with the Lord on His terms, not your terms. And so that fellowship is important and He corrects us to try to get us in line with, that, with the Word of God so that we can have that fellowship with Him. His Word's like a mirror in which we see ourselves in comparison to the Savior and what is needed in our lives for a closer fellowship with the Lord. We find there in James chapter 1, verse 23, it says, For if any be a hearer of the Word, notice that you're a hearer of it, and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgiveth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. So we find out when he's a hearer and a doer of the word, he hears, he listens, he begins. God says, I'm going to bless your life. That blessing comes in that fellowship with the Lord. But we must understand that the scriptures of themselves... And the Word of God is, is, is one of the greatest things that we hold and one of the greatest things that we can turn to. And, 
But the Scriptures of themselves are not the end of themselves. Let me say that again. The Scriptures of themselves, of themselves are not the end in themselves. Otherwise, they are there to direct us. But that doesn't mean if we don't follow the direction, just because you have the Bible, just because you read the Bible, does not mean that you're going to hear God. and does not mean that you're going to have fellowship with God. There is so much more that is tied into that. They point the way to a meaningful relationship with the, with the living God. They point the direction for it. They bring us into fellowship with, with Him as they demonstrate His love. They, it points us and we've got to go that direction. Our response is to love Him with everything that we have and, and are and, and to show that love in obedience to the Scripture. Okay? And without that, we cannot have that fellowship. Mark chapter 12 and verse 30 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. For this is the first commandment. So we're to love Him and we're to follow His. Uh, he says, If you love me, keep what? Keep my commandments. And so it's important that we, yes, we have the Word of God, but of themselves, the Scripture, just to hear the Scripture preached doesn't mean you're going to hear God. Just to hear the Scriptures preached or taught doesn't mean you're going to have fellowship with Him. Just to hold a Bible in your hand or even to read it does not mean that you're going to have fellowship with God because, just, no, just to be honest with you, I can take a, uh, let's see, what is that? Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of those they put out a whole book. Is it Cook's Manual or something like that? Is it a Mechanic's Manual or something like that? Something like that. Anyway, the manuals that you can buy on, on how to fix things in a car or, or different things about the car, break down the, the different parts. I can take one of those. I can read those. But that's not going to make me a mechanic. Okay? I can order in all kinds of, of medical books on brain surgery, and, but that doesn't make me a brain surgeon. <laughs> I would like to practice on a few. <clears throat> but the fact is, is that just reading the Word of God does not mean that you're going to have fellowship with Him. The lost world many times will read on the scripture, but they, they don't have fellowship with him. I've talked, to, I've talked to people who claim to be atheists, say, I don't even believe in God. They said, I've read the Bible through from cover to cover, but they don't have fellowship with him. It directs us to how to listen to him and to have fellowship with him. It is of itself, it does not create that fellowship, but it directs us how. It's like this. You've heard me say this before. I have somewhere, if Janine has not thrown it away, I've got to watch her. <clears throat> I had a, my high school gym bag, and in that gym bag was is a whole bunch of letters, love letters. You didn't think anybody loved me, did you? I still got those. You know, I could have decoupaged them things, could have hung them on the wall, decorated the house with them, 
plaster everything with them, put them in, put them in, in scrapbooks, and, and, and looked at those letters, and boy, talked about, you know, just continually go back and read those letters and everything, and, and, and look at all that. But what you've got to understand is, though I treasure them, my focus is not on that letter. And though I treasure the Word of God, my focus is not on the letter. My focus on, the, on those love letters that my, my wife sent me when we were dating, my focus was, is not now on those letters. Hey, listen, my focus is of her love and, and all that. My focus is on her because now, yes, I still have the letters that spoke of her love, but now my focus is on experiencing that love with my wife. Those letters help bring us into a fellowship, a relationship. We were dating and she would write me and I would write her and those letters brought about a fellowship that led to a marriage. Can I tell you something? We're all, if you're saved, you're the bride of Christ. There's a wedding coming into an eternal relationship, a marriage with the Son of God. When you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you stood there and you said, I do. It was a commitment. When I stood at that altar and the preacher was there with Janine holding her hands and looking into her eyes and he says, you take this woman to be your wedded wife? And I said, I do. I made a commitment, not just with my words, but with my heart. When I come to that place in my life, I knew I was lost and I uh, stepped out and I I'd received Jesus Christ with my heart, not just my head. Hey, listen, there was a, a transaction made there. From that point on, it was, it, yes, the, the letters are there. I read the letters, but they point me to the one that I'm to experience my life, my relationship, my fellowship with. Over the years there, you know, we, you know, we, we could, we, we had the, we had the phone. Most of you don't even know what that is. And we would call one another. About, I don't know, maybe once a week, maybe twice a week. She lived in, out around Springfield. I lived over, she lived in the, in Southwest Missouri. I lived in Southeast Missouri. And we couldn't, we couldn't, you know, it was limited how much I could go back and forth. And to hear her voice meant a lot. But a lot of times it was the letters. I would look at it and, and, all, and, and it, would, it would cause me and make a desire in my heart to want to pick up the phone and hear her voice. You see where I'm going here? You hold 66 letters on your lap right now. And the purpose of those letters is for you to desire, cause you to desire to pick up that spiritual phone and listen to the voice of God Himself in fellowship. There come a time when it was no longer having to write letters. It was no, come to a time when it was no longer having to dial up the phone. Now it was face to face. It's coming, folks. Now it was a time when we had that, that closeness, that fellowship, and is to grow and to become stronger and stronger. You see, now 
My focus is on the experiencing that love and that relationship now. A photo is a picture of a person. It's not the actual person. I remember when, when we were in Mexico, we, went, uh, we took a, 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 a trip down to some of our missionaries, and we went, then we went from Monterey, we went 10 hours south, uh, and went up into the mountains where the, uh, uh, the uh, Indians were up there in the mountains. They had a mission work there. And they took us around through, through there. They, they, picked, they picked oranges for a living. They got 25 cents, what was equivalent to 25 cents a day, and a tortilla and chili sauce for their pay. And all day long, from sunup to sundown, they would pick those um, oranges on those orange groves on the side of that mountain. And it was a huge mountain. It was tall. And they would carry them from the top of that mountain. They'd pick them and they'd carry them down in baskets and dump them out down at the highway. Walk back up, picks up, pick more of them and walk back down and dump them back down there. And they would be huge piles along the highways where they would come and the government would come and pick up those uh, oranges and everything. And they got 25 cents and a tortilla and chili sauce. They lived in bamboo huts that had like a palm leaf top, tops and stuff on them. They, it was basically open all around it. And so they took us on these paths uh, around to invite the people out to the services and, and, and so forth that we was going to hold. And uh, we took a generator and some lights and stuff, and we was going to leave it there uh, uh, for them. And, but uh, we, we went there, and as we walked around from place to place where they lived, different ones lived in the pole type, some lived in like a hut type. And, uh, but one of the things they told us, they said, now listen, whatever you do, if you take a picture of them or if you video them, don't let them see you do it because they think that that picture takes their spirit and it's them that goes inside the camera. Can I tell you something? A picture is not a person. We know that. They didn't understand that. And they would want the picture. If you took a picture of them, they would want it and we would tell them, uh, there's no picture here. A picture is a representation. It shows us. It, it, it reminds us. Uh, it's not the actual person, but it reminds us of the person, that, uh, what they look like. And, but that's not enough to take the place of the person themselves. Many of you have families, maybe scattered children or grandchildren scattered all across this nation. You got pictures. And you're glad to have the pictures. But it's nothing like holding that grandchild or being with that child in person. A picture is good, but it doesn't replace the person. In the same way, the scriptures are, are a photo album of Jesus Christ. In the scripture, we see Him as He performs and acts out His role as Savior. But along with those words and pictures, those word pictures you might say, that we find in Scripture as Jesus is doing great and mighty miracles and doing great things and went to the cross and died for us. Along with that, could I say that there is an address and a phone number so that you can hear Him, so that you can fellowship with Him. And Jesus is saying, come to me in that closeness of fellowship. But again, let me remind you that fellowship is hindered if there is no listening. We must learn to listen to God. We must learn to come together so that, and, and listen so that we can hear Him in, 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 in that fellowship. In the Scripture, Jesus taught the importance and the necessity of hearing God speak. 
In Mark chapter 4 and verse 9, he said, And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. If you go just to the New Testament, and not looking at different wordings and stuff, but basically if you go to the New Testament, that phrase, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear, the only, the only difference is in, in about seven of them is that they, they make it plural. Fifteen times in the New Testament that phrase is used. Fifteen times. I'd say that the Lord Jesus wants us to listen. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And yet we walk around and we mumble and we grumble. and we, We're not listening. And God's speaking. I'm going to tell you something, and, and, and I'm jumping ahead of a, a part of a, in the series, but I, I'm going to tell you something. God's speaking right now, and people's not listening. God's speaking. Oh, this is just the way things... No, God's speaking. We'll deal with that at a different time in some of those situations. We're going to be talking about how God reveals Himself in speaking. But we need to learn to listen. We need to learn to listen. But over at 15 times, just that one phrase, he says that, makes that statement. Jesus also defined his followers, which would be you and I, if you're a Christian, as those who hear him. We find over in John chapter 10, verse 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. He said, they hear my voice. So it's part of that listening that even defines us as part of those that follow Him. There's no way that we can experience many of the promises of, of Scripture unless we know God and hear Him speak to us through His Word, through the Holy Spirit, through many other things that we'll be dealing with in this, in this series. One of those great promises is that of the, the speaking of the Holy Spirit that dwells in the born-again believer. We live in a day and time when most people are ignorant, and I, I don't mean that, I'm not using that derogatory, I'm using it from its, its true meaning, are ignorant of the work of the Holy Spirit in a Christian's life. We don't even stop and, and many times even recognize or acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit within our lives. What, know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and you're not your own. For you've been bought with the price, therefore glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. And most Christians, you begin to talk to them, they'll talk to you about the God the Father, they'll talk about Jesus Christ, but very few will talk about the one that dwells within them, which is the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God speaks to our hearts and lives. We find in John chapter 16 and verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Is expedient. For you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus is preparing them to say, listen, I'm going away. But I'm going to send someone to be with you. I'm going to send the Comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. You drop down a few verses there, down into verse 12. He says, I have yet, Jesus is saying, I have yet many things to say unto you. He said, there's a lot of things I want you to hear. He says, there's many things I've yet got to say. But he goes on and he says, but ye cannot bear them now. He said, you're not able to handle what I need to say to you 
yet. That yet means you're going to come to a place in your life where you're able to understand, you're able to hear those things and make a change in your life. He follows on down in the next verses, Howbeit when he said the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. Now listen to what he says, For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, otherwise from the heavenly Father, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So again, speaking. What good is speaking if there's no hearing? What good is the Lord to direct us and say He's going to speak if He doesn't expect us to listen? And the sad part is today that many Christians, we plow through the day and we never listen. We're waiting for somebody to write it in the sky. We're waiting for somebody to walk up and and say, Boom, this is the way it is. Hey, my friend, there's one that dwells within you that's trying to get you to listen and trying to speak to you, but you're not listening. We've got to learn to listen. The Holy Spirit of God is trying to speak, not of Himself, but of Jesus Christ. Verse 14 says, And He he shall glorify me, for He shall receive of mine. And notice what it says, And He shall show it. Unto you, again, speaking. So part of that listening is going to be listening as the Holy Spirit deals with our hearts and lives and gives us direction, gives us understanding of the Scripture. The greatest understanding that you can get of of a book is for the author to sit down with you and begin to tell you what it means. And I've used the illustration, but I'll use it again tonight. There was a lady, she was... She was sitting on an airplane. There's a man sitting next to her, and they was flying, and she had this book, and she was reading it. She'd read a little bit like that, and, she, oh, and she'd just close it. She'd open it back up where she had and start reading, and everything, and reading for a little bit. And she just it seemed like she was frustrated, and she'd close the book. And finally, the man said, I see you're reading such and such. And she said, yeah, she said, but I just don't understand what this and this is, how it's pulling, and what's going on. He said, well, this means this, and this is, and, and he began to explain it to her. She said, that makes sense. She said, how did you know that? He said, I wrote the book. He was the author of that book sitting next to her. Who better to explain to us the Word of God, the Scripture, than God Himself? But you got to listen to Him. you got to listen to Him. How many times have we, people trying to give us direction, trying to help us, and we don't pay attention and we miss it? You know, well, we got, we got the GPS on our phone. We, you know, we got, you got, you start out with the TomToms and the Garmin's and all that, and now most people use, use the GPS on their phone and you turn that thing on. And isn't it amazing how many of those GPS's and all that, it's got a woman's voice on them. Why? Because most men are used to having their wife tell them which way to go. Turn here, turn there. Don't do that. Oh, do you see those brake lights? Come on. Yeah, they're three quarters of a mile up there, but I see them. The fact of it is, is sometimes, and I've done this many times, had that on knowing that I'm needing to listen to, to the directions never been there before, how to get there. And as that 
GPS is, is telling me to make this turn, I'm thinking about something else and really not listening and just go right on by. And the next thing you hear is recalculating. <laughs> recalculating. Turn around at the next. You know what God's saying to you and me sometimes? Turn around. Turn around. Listen. Pay attention to what's going on. So God is trying to speak to us, trying to get our attention. You see, hearing the voice of God is a choice. It's a choice. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 9, he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. The Word of God is making two statements here that I want you to grab at this. I want you to get it because really this is what I'm trying to get you to get a hold of tonight in this, in this introduction to this series. If you're saved, you have ears. And the ears I'm talking about is not necessarily these things right up here, but a heart that is to listen, that's to comprehend. He said, if you're saved, he said, you have the ability, okay, you have the ability to hear God if you're saved. You have that ability. The second thing there is let Him hear. It's revealing that hearing is a choice. Okay, it's a choice. A choice by even those who have ears that are saved. He said, listen, you have the ability, but... You're going to have to make a choice to listen, to hear. You know, we all make choices every day on things that are vital in our lives, such as, you know, eating, sleeping, working to provide, and so on goes the list of things that are vital in our lives. We make those decisions every day. We make choices every day. And we do it in a seamless motion many times. But sometimes we've never made the decision to, as a Christian to realize how vital it is to hear the Lord and to walk with Him in daily fellowship. And what is needed in this auditorium and in auditoriums all across this nation and even around the world is for Christians to make a decision, to have a desire to hear and to listen to God. Again, it's a choice. That's why many Christians are weak. Paul ties faith and hearing together. That's why a lot of Christians don't have a lot of faith. Because they're not listening. You see, if they had been listening, they would have heard God say from the Word of God, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. I'll never leave thee, nor forsake thee. And the promise, they would hear those. Oh, they've read them, but they haven't ever really heard them. They've never really listened. It's just idle words. You ever go into a supermarket or someplace or maybe Walmart or whatever and they're playing stuff over the, the sound system and, and all that and they make all kinds of announcements and all that. You hear it. You know what it is? It's just mostly background noise. And you really don't pay attention to it. And sad to say that many times as Christians, the speaking of God has become background noise to us and we don't really listen. It's not that we can't. 
It's that we just don't tune in. He tells us there in, Paul told us there in Romans, as he was, he's talking about he's tying the faith and hearing together. And if we don't listen, it's going to be impossible. He said, so then faith cometh, that's in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. He says, so then faith cometh by hearing. Didn't say faith come by reading. Didn't say faith cometh by studying. It said faith come by hearing with those spiritual ears, listening, and hearing by the Word of God. And so we must listen. Without faith, Paul even said that it's impossible to please God. So if it's impossible to please God, if, if it's impossible to please God without faith, then could I make an analogy here that if we, if, if, if we don't have faith, if, if we're not pleasing God, then that means that if faith cometh by hearing, if we're not listening, we're not pleasing God. You see how important it is to listen to God? To be able to please Him then our listening not only affects us, but it affects others. And that's part of the whole picture. Back to 1 John chapter 1 there and verse 3 says, That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you. How can you declare it if you're not listening? How can you tell people how good God is if you're not listening? That which we've seen and heard is shared with others, causing them to desire to have that fellowship. I was talking to a fellow the other day, and he said, you know, he said, I used to wonder, he said, people was get excited about the Lord. And he said, that it just seemed like they was bubbly all the time and excited about the things of God. And just, and he said, at first, he said, I thought it was fake. He said, the more I got to know them, he said, I realized that that's the way they were about the Lord and the things of God all the time. And I realized that it wasn't fake. There was something about them that their heart was stirred. They were excited about God. They was excited about the Word of God. They was excited about church. And he looked at me and he said, I'm now experiencing that. He said, I'm now seeing that in, in my own life. He, began, he tell, talked about how that, that fellowship with the Lord and how the Holy Spirit speaking in his heart and he's listening. And so many times we don't stop and realize how important it is to listen because not only us, but it affects others around us. You see, people are watching you. We've got kids in here. We've got grandkids. and They're watching. Moms and dads are watching grandparents. They're watching... All of us, even the younger kids are watching the older kids. What do they see? I hope they see that you're listening to God. And that your life is reflecting that. Our life is touching the lives of the others. You see that fellowship that we have by hearing and then the fellowship with them. It shares the things of God and causes them, them to desire to hear and to have that same fellowship with the Lord that we've got. 
Learning to hear God. He said to them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He said, if you're saved, he said, get a desire to listen to God, to hear. And I hope that somehow tonight that maybe we've touched your heart a little bit that maybe tonight you would say, you know what? I want to learn to listen to God. I want to hear Him. Some may be saying, preacher, I feel like I do hear from God. You know, one of the things that I think every one of us could say, even if we say, yes, I'm, I'm listening to the Lord. Sometimes we can listen a little closer. Listen a little better. Tune out some things that are blocking the sound. Let me share this and I'm closing. I don't know. I don't know if it's from shooting guns or from the work that I was in years ago in the electronics business. I worked on electronics and a lot of the stuff I worked on had what they call a high frequency pitch horizontal oscillation going on. And it was high pitched, and it, would, it used to bother me when I'd be working on that stuff. And after a while, I got to notice and it wasn't bothering me anymore. And what I think it probably did, I think it damaged my hearing somewhat. And so sometimes when I'm in a room with a, a lot of noise going on, maybe like after church and everybody's talking and visiting and everything, and somebody could be saying something to me over here, I can hear them, but I can't tell you what they're saying. But if I look at them, and give them my attention, I can understand what they're saying. Sometimes as Christians, we hear, but we're not giving the attention, all the background noise. It's keeping us from giving the attention, keeping us from really hearing what's being said. Does that make sense? Spiritually? We hear the preaching and sometimes it just is background. And with all the background noise and all the things going on, we sometimes, we just don't make it all out. But when we turn our attention to the Savior, when we turn our attention to the Lord and look Him face to face, we begin to understand what He's saying. Maybe tonight you're saying, Preacher, I'm listening, okay. But maybe we need to turn a little more attention so we can understand a little better. Because there's a lot of background noise. There's a lot of things going on. He says it's going to start with a desire. He that hath an ear, that's the person that's saved. Let him hear, otherwise have a desire. Many Christians don't realize that they need a desire to hear. They just think that I'm saved and it's just going to happen. Don't work that way. Don't work that way. You have to have a desire, and you have to work at listening. It's the way it is with a relationship with a husband and wife. You have to work at listening to one another, communication. If you don't work at it, you're going to have problems. In the same way in the Christian life, we must work at listening to the Lord. Let's bow. Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for the mercies of God. Help us to... 
have that desire to listen, to learn how to listen in a greater way. Lord, I pray tonight that maybe that folks would challenge, Lord, and maybe find a place here at the altar and say, Lord, I, I, I want to learn to listen in a greater way. I want to hear your voice. I want you to speak to me. And Lord, help us to turn maybe from the, all the background noise and begin to listen in a greater way than we ever have before. doesn't mean we're not listening, but maybe there's some things we can tune out so that we can tune in in listening to you. Have your will and wayness invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me?